0: crad Network. Poor <laughs> egg-thog-earthlets. Oh, my name is Conrad Hooks. I've been Fred Fox. the 200- and 90th episode of Space Spinner 2000 That's a lot of episodes 290 years of Space Spinner 2000 I don't
1: like it when you're looking at me right in the eye We all remember
0: back in 1732 When we started this podcast <laughs> And indeed, this is a podcast where two Americans in person Try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic 2000 AD One month of frogs at a time We're in kissing distance Yeah. No. know, listen, all over Write your place. fan fiction. Mm-hmm. This episode we're covering 2080 from March and April 1994. Progs 880 to 883. This time, there's an Assassin in Mega City 1, and we finish up Rogue Trooper and Tyranny Rex. And then we'll go on adventures with Robo Hunter, the Grudge Father, the Clown, uh. and and uh, Dinosity. We'll finish up a bunch of those and begin... Babe, race two
1: thousand. Yeah, babe, race two thousand. So
0: many babe races. I'm into it. It's two thousand. It's so far two thousand babe races. You know, I didn't watch the first nineteen hundred and ninety nine babe races. You I, missed out. I hope uh, I don't get lost. One seven.
1: And I know this is hilarious. One seven seven seven. Best one so
0: far. Mm. Well, until then, well, until we get further into it, let's get started with 301 Judge Dread. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I should say, also, if you want to re- read along with us with the comics we're covering today, you'll find them in Judge Dredd, the Complete Case Files 20, and the Judge Dread Magazine 367. So the
1: first question I have for you is that, yes, of course, it's an AI building. This mm-hmm. man made a, an AI block. Yes. All, all blocks are ostensibly AI. Everything's AI. Why does it say
0: Maximum Carnage on the building? Who's just, you know, maybe that's just the symbol. They, like the, uh, the the sign in the front of the Michael Portillo block. Maybe the computer can control that, too.
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So,
0: Judge Dredd, script robots. Mark Miller and Alan McKenzie as Sonny Steelgrave. Art robots, Paul Pert and Mick Austin. Letting robot, Tom Frame. Our boy. Our first story is called Under Siege here, but I'll say it's more of a towering inferno than a diehard Ooh, on a boat, Fox. Ooh, I like it. I'll mention, of course, Under Siege, the movie came out in 1992, so whatever. References are valid now.
1: I, but it, I mean, I guess it's kind of, he, he is going through the building, but it's not an Under Siege. I mean, when I say... I feel like so, they could have done the boat.
0: They had the opportunity. So for me, die hard in a means specifically that it's one person going up against a bunch of other armed goons. Yeah, in this case, it's just the AI and with a cat and mouse thing. This is much more either evil AI house or just burning house full of disasters, and thus a towering inferno situation. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, Anyway, Mark Miller and Paul Kurt. Are our creators? Yeah, exactly. That similar sort of 70s disaster, earthquake, as well. That kind of yeah, oh yeah, earthquake. Very good. So we're at the Michael Portillo block. who Who, Who is this? Yeah. Then he was the chief secretary of the treasury in England, but he not the executor check no no different person but later he's actually would become more famous in a couple years because he'd get voted out when like you would, when like his party was historically very popular in his town to or in his area to the point where that happening is called a Michael Portillo moment <laughs> so, okay you really you know that's one of those tough ones where the whole the situation everyone hates you. you that's bad. You know but that hasn't happened yet in 1994 so you know whatever just uh, just because he's a, a a rich guy I, I guess you'd probably say everything's a gate in the US kind of thing right mm, yeah kind of you don't call it a Nixon though see I tried to I'm trying to I for a while I was trying to add Ghazi to everything oh yeah and now I'm adding a lago to everything Ooh. Yeah, live it up that's a cut. Um, not even deep it's literally surface level I mean I mean we'll see hopefully still recognizable when the show comes out in October um, Actually no probably more relevant who's to say Anyway uh it's a block it's a haven for mega city one super rich and its ai and its computer system is malfunctioning Dred's on the scene and not very sympathetic to the building owner the computer has murdered most of the tenants but a family is trapped in the 15th floor and dread's off to save them He blasts his way in through folks frozen solid and drowned in pools, he finally finds the family in a flaming discotheque. But then gets shut in by the fire doors. Odd
1: oh, dip! I, I, oh, I no. do like that everyone. I, that as soon as it gets done, the wife is like, "We're all gonna die."
0: It's terrible. Just FYI, we're all gonna die. <laughs> um, luckily, Dread thinks fast. He blasts the wall which is adjacent to that flooded pool, um, and you know puts out some of the fires. Um, And then they take the service elevator down, dread blasting robot security guards and stuff as they go. He confronts the building's central computer, and when it sort of says, there's nothing you can do, dread," he pulls a bunch of wires, which activates the (laughs) self-destruct... Why would an apartment building need to self-destruct, Fox? I could see it for a research lab, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, I... The only way in which this, that makes sense is like, you're not going to take us all alive invasion scenario. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, that's true,
0: actually. But and also, I guess that's happened, but
1: also so. to be clear, you shouldn't build that into an apartment building, maybe into a Pentagon.
0: Yeah. Or at least just to sort of some, maybe, maybe just to like the room that's got computer files in it or something like that. I,
1: just not where people live and also buy hot dogs. Can get medical treatment and whatever. It's like a, it's a sad secret military base where you can't get a
0: hot dog. Though I mean, maybe that's why he's real sad. Maybe it was a proof, possible proof of concept. Anyway, play self-destructing dread and the family grab hover shoots and fly down to safety the day is saved as the building explodes and dread gives the building's designer 50 years of hard labor to rebuild it i, I mean
1: enough to say that he's not going to tighten I guess because he's not a part of the of the legal aristocracy Titans for judges yeah yeah but like what is hard labor in this world
0: is that yeah. just making months? Or just, like, pickaxing, just sort of for grins, basically. Okay. (laughs) You know? Got stripes around his shoulders. Oh, yeah. Chains chains around his feet. Johnny Cash stuff.
1: I I mean, a chain gang sort of situation. It's like you're basically clearing roadway for a a train. Yeah, or just to
0: rebuild an
1: apartment block or whatever. Ooh. See, that... I don't know if you'd want
0: him to be... In any part, a part of an apartment block. Oh yeah, got to learn a lesson. Um, anyway, now we're moving on to the Manchu Candidate, written by Alan Mackenzie with art by Mick Austin. Manchurian Candidate, you know the. Really, the no, I love that film. Yeah, not the remake though. It's a little rough. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'll notice that as this one starts. There's more model combat graffiti on the walls as we make our way through Mega City One. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cage, Four, Sonya Blaze. Um, and um, we sort of go over sort of the facts on the ground. You know, Mega City won 90% unemployment, everyone a potential perp. We see some locals trying to bar a man with purple hair from entering the block he lives Which is in. where he
1: lives. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I live here.
0: Nah, get out of here. Um, but Dread appears on the scene to stop these bullies. And hey, if anybody's going to be bullying anyone around here. It's me. It's me, the judge. Yeah. yeah do thumbs. Dredd then gets a call. It seems he's supposed to accompany the chief at the Academy of Law for a graduation ceremony. Um, and this is just further, again, bringing up that difficulty in the relationship between Dredd and Magruder that we've been looking at in these <laughs> Yeah, which which hasn't months. been explained necessarily in this. No, it's it's very... It's, it's mostly in the, in the magazine. Exactly. Where basically, again, um, Magruder's been trying to roll out... Um, Robot judges? Which, I mean,
1: Judge Dredd's not into, but also it kind of plays out in this a little bit that it's
0: like, well, you weren't elected because there isn't a council? Yeah, well, what's the... And so, because he... Because Magruder's making decisions that Dread doesn't like with these robo-judges, it's then... Highlighting it's 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 basically, it's basically it's basically making him reconsider the fact of how Magruder came and came to become the chief judge and stuff like that. I mean, she didn't die, but she also took the long walk. Oh yeah, no, she quit. And but just sort of during the during the crisis of, exactly. of, of Necropolis, she came back and sort of strongmanned it. But you know, there, there's no Council of Five currently, like to keep lo- her in check. Yeah, it's a lot of the general bureaucracy and ruling styles of the mega city haven't been reconstituted, especially because we've been sort of careening from crisis to crisis, you know, from Necropolis to Inferno to whatever else. But, and
1: and she doesn't, at least in my opinion, not not having, let's say, quote unquote, read sure. those pieces, uh, like only knowing from what
0: you get out of the comic, it seems out of left field. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's been building a little bit from there, I think. You know, they did really have kind of some showdowns or some... Some 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 harsh words in the pages of the magazine. Yeah, I just I, it didn't
1: I didn't know where it was coming from, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so I think that if you're not reading the complimentary
0: material, you're not getting the full effect. I, I think you're right. Yeah, but I also think that especially like when it was coming out and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you'd see them both the same. I mean, time. well, if you're already reading this, you're probably. Buying, Yeah, and it's probably going to build in more... And I think we'll build a little bit more sort of backstory for it, especially as this year goes by and we'll see stuff. But anyway... Sure. So we follow the purple-haired guy into his block, and his name is Otis Landslide, but there's more to him than meets the eye. He can get more guns than he knows what to deal with. Yeah. He
1: also... Apparently has a right a, a straight-line connection to control.
0: Yeah, well, he opens up a box. It's got a shiny rifle in it. And it gets a call from a hidden computer from some kind of judge guy. Um, and he's being ordered to assassinate someone. Chief Judge Magruder! Seems like if it comes from
1: inside the house, maybe don't be the assassin. Like, I'd just turn it down and be like, nah. Nah, you're in too deep at that point, probably. You should... Probably not kill the president. Mm. I'm not saying that people shouldn't kill a president.
0: I mean, I'm saying sounds, that... If it sounds fun, Mach 1 kills all kinds of presidents. Mach 1 is not a good role model. Oh, come on. Mach 1 is not a good role model. <laughs> um, oh, I should say also, um, when Landslide talks to the computer it or the voice the central on the computer... It tells him to pass the time playing some solitaire, which is a Manchurian Candidate reference to the uh, to the movie, because um, of the cards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so at the academy, Dred and Magruder meet up, and there's where Dred just sort of lays out some of the stuff we've been talking about here. Basically, um, he, you know, this, she, is, she's this, got,
1: is, this is where I got confused. To be clear, is that because he was very supportive of her coming back and being
0: yeah I think during chief judge yeah so Dredd basically you know talks about how um, while she has the power and the you know the and the possession of the chief judge J- judgehood you know the, she's illegitimate constitutionally she wasn't appointed by the council of five there is no council of five and he's very law heavy right like he wants that council of five I mean, even with even with silver kind of breaking his own back. I mean, you know, he's literally Judge Dread. You know, the law the, the law is the most important thing. You know, and Magruder um, makes a makes an accusation that Dread himself wants to be uh, chief judge, but that, both he Dredd, doesn't want to be. Yeah, and everybody else is reading this knows that that is a ridiculous statement. Yeah, no he he likes he likes a. Uh, 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 he likes lawbringer be between his legs. Yeah, you yeah, know he's uh, he's a street judge. I mean, the Stallone line at the end of the yeah of the, exactly. Of, of that like I,
1: he doesn't want to do anything else because yeah, I think in, in some way the way that I read this was despisal of bureaucracy and love of law. Yeah, I mean, Dread
0: does not like because like how, how
1: is he going to like? He doesn't want to change laws
0: necessarily. I think. I think the answers of what Dred's looking for here actually would be to like reconstitute the Council of Five, yeah. to for Magruder to give up some of the current executive power that she has, and certainly to discontinue the other uh, the This is up it's up a here.
1: very Roman conversation, if that makes sense. But right? she will like not it's an anti Caesar. So yeah, she yeah, Dredd's looking for a Cincinnatus here. I love that you brought So you know, that's, that's I you know that funny. Funny. my No, my favorite <laughs> my favorite Uh, Roman story is about Cincinnati. Yeah, no, it's a good one. I fucking love that story. It's just like, listen, I'm a farmer. uh, I completed
0: the mission. I'm
1: I'm going home. I'm going back home. And that was considered like the apex of being a Roman was it's like Nah, man. Like, everyone loved me. I'm turning down the crown because that's
0: not what being Roman is. That's why you gotta have norms. Um, so, they <laughs> Dredd and Magruder continue sort of the verbally spar as they enter this big lecture hall to thunderous applause from cadets and stu- uh, st- uh, tutors. And the chief goes to the podium to make a speech. 104 rookie judge are getting, judges are getting their half badges today, trying to refill the losses from Grice's Inferno. She says that they are the firing line of justice, and as she does, the assassin puts her in his crosshairs. Aw, uh, dip. What gonna happen? Yeah. Probably not much. Yeah. Well, luckily, Dred's on the spot and tackles Magruder out of the line of fire while getting shot himself in the arm. He sees the assassin run and orders the exit sealed. Meanwhile, Landslide changes into a Judge Cadet uniform and tries to blend in with the other judges. As he's getting patched up, though, Dredd actually spots a landslide but just thinks he's a cadet and orders him to the basement vehicle entrance.
1: One of the things that I think is I, that I wanted to call out, and you can tell me if I'm bullshit or not. Yeah. They're like, they're going to give him a uh, an injection, and he's like, don't give me that injection, just suture it up. Yeah. Because that felt like there was a little bit of a conspiracy going on. Like, that's the through line I felt where it's like, hey, listen— Obviously, the the problem is in control because mm-hmm. that's who he was talking to was control. Like control is where we, wherever this issue. I mean, is.
0: Landslide's talking to some
1: shadowy judge thing. I think this. Well, is but, a- but he but he contacted control. Like those okay. were his words. Yeah. I mean, but- so that's. That, I'm just telling you what I was going off of. So as soon as he says, "I don't need this," I'm like, and they and they hyper show the needle.
0: I'm like, oh, he dodged a bullet. Maybe.
1: May, well, that's the thing. To that's me, what I'm to reading me, This into
0: just it. seems much more like Dread being super tough, and so oh, sure. when you say we have got to sew up your wound, here's some anesthetic. Dread doesn't have time for that. I just, I just felt that it was weird that it gave it a close up. If yeah. that makes sense, because I, I
1: felt like there yeah. was like there there was a weird connection between it. Them.
0: Could be. I mean, it doesn't come up else
1: anywhere. I mean, in the story, given so. given what we've talked about offline, none of this matters. <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, it's a it's a comic book for teenagers. None of it matters ever. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just am just responding to your theory. I <laughs> say that I just think it's them showing how tough Dread is. You know, it's good to reestablish that stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I just. Uh, you're right. It, it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, Dread spots landslide making his escape, but then instead of orders him to go to the ve- the basement vehicle entrance. Listen, I, like no, all orders. Do what I say, which I love because,
1: like, what's the hierarchy of Judge Dredd? Is he just like at the very top,
0: but without placement? Pretty much. Yeah, I think I think if there's a situation, unless the chief really starts tossing their weight around. Dredd's pretty much the most senior in-command judge on, um, in any situation. I guess that's what
1: I like. It feels like it's almost, it's not stated, right? Like, you're not the SJS, like, director or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's not the director
0: of no. fucking street judges. No, he's just the guy who's, you know, everybody just naturally follows follows in line with him because he's that cool, you know? I, he's I, that in shock, you know, he's got the presence or whatever. I guess so. He's got, he's got the glow. Yeah, no, he's Judge Dredd, you know. Everyone knows that they're, that the comic's named after him. <laughs> Except for the bad guys. They, they end up dying. They a know a little bit. Um, well, they
1: know so, after the fact, certainly. So
0: Dredd thinks there's something familiar about Landslide, but can't place him. And at the garage, Landslide, Buffalo's a cadet and escapes on a lawmaster. So... So what's a buffalo? Buffalo. Because not everyone's going to know what you mean. Well, I like to use these terminology. I like This that. could be a pistol whip also. Like, I think buffalo might actually be when you knock someone upside the, um, on their head with the barrel of the gun. Yes. But this was with the, no, uh, but I, with it's, the handle. It's a similar situation. Well, but it's
1: but it's also not a pistol whip because he brings it to the background and he's knocking him out. It is a buffalo in my opinion. Yeah, that's what w- Wyatt Earp used to do back in exactly. the old days. Exactly. Yeah, you got to um, knock a dude out to be like, okay, I'm going to handle this. That's right. Listen,
0: things can only be solved by inflicting more concussions. Sorry. <laughs> the assassin has escaped infinite. He clearly knows just Department procedures, and that means that one way or another we're looking for a judge. So what do we do? We narrow down that playing field, Conrad. Yeah, you know, we use our advanced uh, research facilities, you know. My God. <laughs> Dread Magruder speculate on the identity of the assassin. Dread reiterating his judge theory and thinks that it might be a faction within the department. Magruder sort of sideways accuses Dredd, doing that classic uh, none dare call it treason yeah, situation. No,
1: you, I mean, but you would benefit from this also. But also, I never feel like it escalates to a point where it's, she's really pushing it to a point where it's like, I think you're the guy. No, I guess. Th- Judge, everyone knows, JD is just, he's not gonna... I mean...
0: I would say... Unless you do Nazi shit. I would say that part, like, we're starting to see more and more, you know, we making bad decisions and being very paranoid and stuff like that. And I would say part of her paranoia, to be honest, is her questioning the loyalty of Judge Dredd, who we know to be very loyal to Mega City One and the law and that kind of stuff. I
1: mean, but that's the thing. Not necessarily to the chief judge. Right, like it's not loyalty to the chief judge; it's loyalty to Mega City and the laws.
0: Yeah, and if you obey, and if you follow the law, you're great. And, and if you try to become a dictatorship and kill it and and, and assassinate the whole city in alphabetical order, he will order, go. He will go underground, find a man
1: who is surrounded by flies, and have that man erected a statue. once Similar you win.
0: similar situation where if you've been kidnapped and brainwashed by the Soviets, oh yeah, or. If you know you have Dread take the long walk and then oversee a bunch of uh, extra-dimensional murder gods take over. Not good. You're in, <laughs> it's you're not a in, good look. He's gonna make you myrtleized. Yeah, you're in trouble in general, and you're in trouble with Judge Dredd. Anyway, you know Dredd's quick to say that like a coup or an attempt to undermine. Magruder would be illegal and, of course, Magruder does again, you know. Say, like, well, if it fails. Yeah, treason. It's after the fact. Treason never proffers because of it – or it prospers because if it does, none dare call it treason. The only – um, and so basically the only section of the department that's not either weak or totally loyal is the Wally squad, the undercover judges – Dread goes to look for the shooter, but um, the real person who's – but the, the person behind them giving the orders is the key, of course. Those so those I,
1: I do have to ask one question. So they're, they're saying all of these people who are who are uh, yeah. loyal, right? Do you remember that squad of people who just wear super armor and jumped into yeah, detonating the, a nuclear bomb? the Holocaust squad,
0: sure. Do you think they have any loyalty because they know they're gonna die? I'd say it's they're literally called no, the Holocaust. I'd say squad. they're loyal. I'd say they're in a subset of street judges, like the street. Like when you're a street judge, you probably have a couple other, like when there's crises or things are re, are needed jobs. So maybe you also you're also in the Holocaust squad. Maybe you're all you're also one of the guys who runs the wig from that one time oh. where <laughs> An entire section of that. the city got uh, like 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 had all their hair lost by chemicals, yeah, I and forget, so they I had to all fly of that. a big van in to give wigs to everybody. You know. So, like, you know, what makes me
1: sad, and I'll I'll let you continue after this. I'm I'm sad that no one talks about the Holocaust Squad. You shouldn't call it that, to be clear. I and mean, I
0: think it's more of the
1: but but you know every definition of the word. But you know? every single person who was a part of that when it happened. Like, it's still in my brain that
0: that thing yeah, happened. Yeah, uh, classic fa- Father Earth story. Sure. Yeah.
1: We're going in. We know we're going to die. We who are going to die salute you. Yeah, they
0: saved the city for sure. Um, yeah. So, meanwhile, back at the Lawrence Harvey block, who um, is Landslide's home, and that was the actor who played Raymond Shaw, the kindest, bravest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life in the Manchurian Candidate film, Um that bully from before threatens landslide, but this time he takes the bully out. Oh, no, he's going to just murder him. Moves. Yeah, good times. He he makes him paste. <laughs> Later, some judges are on the scene, and the tech so judge good. note that the bully was killed with moves based on academy training. Because we don't know how
1: to kill someone so efficiently. That's how we know you... Wh- that's how we know... That you know, academy training. Yeah. Because you literally dismember a person to where he leaks jam.
0: Yeah, I think there's sort of some special moves in there that you only learn because you're a judge or whatever. I really
1: hope it's a Kano where you just punch
0: through their, their chest and rip out their heart and then raise it up. I think it's more of like, I I sort of imagine having more sort of complex like uh, holds at that end. With, so you're more like, of an equilibrium guy. And with like a pelvis being more tossed, of a gun- tossed out of your chest. It's a gun thing. I get it. Kind of. Gun I, mean, I mean I mean I would say really I would I imagine Judge martial arts as being more like even more high impact like Krav Maga or whatever. That kind of stuff. Like like it's 90, Gunkata. It's ninety percent like boots to the balls and that move where you hit somebody's well, nose and it goes into their brain. You know what? You're actually true on that because
1: the amount of times that we've seen the boot knife as a character show up in Judge Tread. Yeah, probably. Yeah, last line of defense, first and last.
0: <laughs> no, the gun's the first one. Well, okay, sure. High X, etc. So, Dredd's, So they send this information into Dred, and his bike computer identifies Landslide as a possible subject. Dred comes bursting in, and uh, Landslide calls Dred chin face and pulls a gun, and Dredd shoots back. The would-be assassin dies, saying that Magruder's breaking the law and has no right to be chief, and then says some Chinese characters before he dies. Will we find out what those are in the final page of this episode? Indeed, indeed. Um, Dread reports into Magruder, landslide, was in the Wally squad, but also apparently originally from Sino-Sit, with massive facial reconstruction to not look uh, Chinese? I don't know. We cut to Magruder chilling at her desk. I don't like
1: the boots on the desk thing, because it it makes Magruder seem less Magruder.
0: I disagree, because I think that this also, like, again, shows her... Uh, Nonchalance. nonchalant, Just sort of some of the difficulties, personality-wise, that she has not taken the job seriously, I guess. I mean, I guess you'd get that out of somebody who took the long walk and went crazy, but also... Definitely when it went crazy. And I also noticed that um, you get a brief look at some Judge um, armpit, uh, um, connect the connectors of her um, ch- uh, Judge shoulder pads as she puts her hands up. Oh, her hands. yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A chain linking the underside of the shoulder pads. It goes stuff. underneath, man. It goes all the way through. I'll mention that um, this is how some people draw how the uh, shoulder pads connect. But this is not canonical. They can be very different depending on who's drawing the judge.
1: We don't know how future synthetic uh,
0: clothing works. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Magruder also translates Landslide's final words after Dredd sends them to her phonetically. My patsy! Yeah, says he was just a patsy. I put Google Translate over the um, characters that are on the page. Oh, yeah? It also said uh, I was just a scapegoat. But similar thing. No, it's the same idea. Anyway, this is another part of a build to a coming Mega City 1 Sino-Sit conflict that I'll spoil you by saying doesn't actually happen. Yeah. But unpleasantness and sort of the climax of drama between Dredd and Magruder will continue and will like eventually reach a high point. Okay. That seems reasonable. Yeah. so if have people having problems with their parental figures, Fox, be it... Someone who made a clone of somebody? Oh, God. Or, like, someone who's just sort of the boss, so they sort of have have, have a parental tone? (sighs) Do we really need to talk about my father? Thrill to the Grudge Father. That script robot, Mark Miller, art robot... Jim McCarthy. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm just going to text things there. Art robot Mark Miller, or me, script robot Mark Miller, art robot Jim McCarthy, learning robot Bunty Mayhew, Eurasia 11, the distant future at the capital city, the Vatican. The Pope uh, is informed that the clone creator, the grudge father, is back in town, and he says to let that jerk do his thing for a few days biggest, after all. I mean, he made me the Pope out of St. Peter's guts
1: stuff dandruff who's to say i mean they say that i mean it's
0: under the cathedral yeah and that's yeah. all reason for making the the vatican that's right with some jawbones at the docklands that guy with tall hair named bootleg from last episode is buying 30 crates of whiskey when the grudge father appears from the ceiling he asks bootleg about the recent murders and his bootleg describes it the monster itself appears and it's just a big pile of flesh and teeth and grossness the Grudge Father goes to fight it with some kind of uh, magic. Yeah, magic energy beams, but is soon losing the fight. The creatures called the Hatred and Bootleg shoots it with a flare gun, and there's a big fire. And the authorities arrive. A man in a fedora and mustache also shows up. He's here to protect the Grudge Father, uh, but he's too late. As we see, the masked man has a giant smoking hole in his chest. Man, I, so I have a lot of questions, but I'll ask you at the end. Okay. A man pets a cat as the various cohorts of the Grudge Father Cats don't have souls, FYI, Mm. apparently. Yeah, the the Grudge Father's been operated on. Luckily, he has died before, so he's no danger for it. Didn't screw his career up the way it used to in the olden days. (laughs) Because I guess they rubbed... Leaves on him when he died in a plane crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One time in, one time at Tibet school, he d- they pieced Love. his body, <laughs> his body back together except for his face, and that's why he's got that mask thing. He's the next step of human evolution, but angel with- and devil combined, who will save us all? Because he can use magic to look normal, but then he maybe takes the magic off and gets all grudgy. He never his- says that. Teeth get all messed up? No, this is inferred, 100%. Also, what's the guff? Apparently some Jewish stuff.
1: And that Jewish stuff is below the earth. That stuff is where all the bad comes from. Also, all the souls that will ever exist. I mean, every soul. Like, every soul that could possibly exist. It's not just a fucking MacGuffin
0: to tell people about. Literally, when you said the guff, I thought you were shortening or trivializing this. No, it's just called the guff. Yeah, the hatred is an ancient evil grown from the pits of an Israeli desert called the guff, which is the well of souls. And I guess there's a finite number of souls in existence. it's weird. And a specific number of people have been fated to walk the earth, but cloning's messed all that up. And so um, a fucking Boglin attacks people? Yeah, yeah, the hatred is the result of cloning the the hatred that lives among us. And I don't know, man, it's going to suck out our souls and only cats, which are soulless, can stop it. Which also,
1: like, fuck you, buddy, whoever wrote this. Like, cats don't have souls. Fuck
0: you, cats, I guess. other house pets have souls, do you think?
1: Well, I mean, the inference there is yes. I mean, I know all dogs go to heaven, Fox. So the trick there is, is all dogs go to heaven, too. They go to cat hell. Because all cats go to hell. Ah, uh-huh. also See, goats. I, it's, well, so you say that, right? sheep
0: go to heaven, Fox? <laughs> barely know if that's a reference to. I know. Right. I just. I, I like know. that
1: idea. It's just I that barely know. All right. It's because they're so dumb. But goats so smart. They eat cans. It's like a parable. It's a parable kind of
0: thing. Though. Oh God! Christ Everyone, Almighty. Fuck off! Don't at me. Um, anyway, cats can't do it. Meanwhile, around Eurasia 11, people's clone slaves are starting to degenerate into crazy <sighs> monsters. Oh, no. Oh, God. Ah, jeez. There's clone monsters attacking this hospital. Bootleg arrives to warn the crew. The monsters approach them, saying it'll eat pretty mouth. soul. but then the Grudge Father's alive. It confronts the hatred... Throwing energy bolts and random debris at the monster. Yeah. The crew goes to run. Bootleg's arm gets blown off, and that hat guy, Agent Orange, stays behind to stop the hatred, but gets uh, but it gets knocked. Eye- yeah, he gets his eyes mowed um, by the hatred's but, pointy finger. But also gets, like, kind of eaten a bit? Oh, yeah, it gets eaten after he gets his eyes taken out, for sure. It eats Orange's soul and advances on the Grandfather himself, attacking him, and the two go flying out the side of a window. I mean,.
1: I, I've got questions for you, but it's all after this. <laughs> because pair, things
0: are about to get dumb. Yeah, the pair go flying onto some train tracks. And just banter continues and the hate as they yell at each other about being damned and stuff. But then some cats show up. Yeah, well, the hatred doesn't notice an army of cats slowly building up around him. They attack I... the monsters. The grudge fire father sets it on fire. And
1: also the cats. The cats set on fire also. Look at all these burning little balls of delicious fluff. They're fine. You say that.
0: It's not like they have souls.
1: I like this eye contact, but it, you're like, it's like, oh, okay. You just kill the cats. Fuck them. The Fuck. ones that are literally there to save everyone. Let's just set them on fire. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and as long as my weird toothy fucking mouth is like, oh, oh like God. Anyway, then it gets
0: hit by a train. Yeah, it does. And it's clucks. The hatred Schlux. has been defeated. The battle's won, but the war has just begun. At the Vatican, the Pope is arrested for being a clone. And the Grudge Father's back in control of Eurasia 11. Oh, well, no, he's not arrested. He literally says, shoot him outside,
1: hang him out. And let everyone know, clones bad. Yeah. I'm the guy who did clones, but I don't like clones anymore. Clones are bad.
0: And then Pretty Mouth is like. Wait a minute, says Pretty Mouth. This is all very convenient. Yeah. Could this whole thing have been a plot by the Grudge Father get himself back in power? And the Grudge Father only stares and clothes and strokes his cat and you can imagine that sort of da, 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 fucking I don't know that I No, the, it's it's the tune to the Godfather has escaped me at the moment. Da, 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 I
1: think that's Harry Potter. Na, <laughs> na, na,
0: na, na. Anyway, it's a very like oh yes, no i What am you're a, looking for is
1: Maybe. La
0: la 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 la. Anyway, we see, as you mentioned, the Pope's body hung in the street with. And it says, "Clowns out." Out. No, clones out. No, it says, "Clowns out." Clowns is later. Anyway, man, what the end of The Godfather? So, okay,
1: so here I've got a question for you, Conrad. The Godfather
0: very... will be back in May 1995. I don't like that you said
1: that. It's a bad thing that you said that. It's, you're a bad person for saying it. Um, allow me to ask you a question. Yeah, sure. Now that we're we're face-to-face. I want to hear it.
0: Conrad, mm.
1: what is the grudge, Father?
0: What's grudge in this
1: mention, no, I Listen, okay. Because I know that, I know that you're answering my question with another question. I'm asking you, what is a grudge father? My answer is I need to know what grudge is so I can say that he's the father of that. I imagine grudges are, I guess, clones. But you wouldn't call them clones. So now here's the thing.
0: What's a grudge father? It's this kinda of, he's kind of a superhero guy. He's got magic things, he's got, he's got Tibet powers? Yeah. He's kind of a Doctor Strange.
1: Because he oh, deals with, deals with slash, medical things and slash, energy beams. Slash a Batman, like reason recent Batman, where he does like the whole Tibet thing. Yeah, but that's always been Doctor Strange's backstory. So. I know, but Doctor Strange went to a metaphysical place to battle his master, and that was awesome. And then at the end of the comic...
0: There was an asbestos-based funny thing that happened. No, no, that, that was first in those Strange Tales One. Oh, Because <laughs> Human Torch is the headliner, and Doctor <laughs> Strange very much finishing up the comic. <laughs> Human Torch is a lull. Also, if you haven't read it yet, or I mean, listened to it those, yet. Those Strange Tales Human Torch stories did indeed have... Like Stranger almost, by the Dozen almost, Very,
1: very good podcast Almost just every episode know. Almost
0: every issue The baddies would have some kind of asbestos space thing to take down Johnny Storm All all I'm saying is I don't think anyone can tell me who
1: the grudge father is I get that there are stakes I don't care about them
0: They don't make sense And I guess he's now Pope? I, I just don't understand the word grudge I don't understand why they don't call him the clone father it literally would make the most sense. I'd just have a whole bunch of different. I'd have different, but like more respectful questions. If the well, because if he was the called Clone the Clone Father. Father, in
1: a literary sense, it would make the most sense. Absolutely, it's a bad comic. It's not good. It's not a poorly drawn comic.
0: I would say that also. Just they're doing it's a not lot a poorly of poorly like,
1: lettered comic.
0: Yeah. I like the story. bad. the story is very—it's very weird, just because it's sort of—it's trying to do this thing where you're tossed into a story where there's been a previous story, and so you're like, oh, whoa, look at all these interesting things in the past, and maybe eventually those will be revealed to us. Well, no. These, these mysteries were not revealed to us in any certain way. Right, but that might be in later versions of the story, but I'll say that I am not particularly tantalized no, by like, these things. No, uh, like a cool, the only
1: cool thing in my mind that happened during The Grudge Father that we read this week
0: mm-hmm.
1: was St. Peter's bones were disrupted to make a clone of his bones. Yeah, good throw That away. That was, that to me, it was like, LOL, like, yeah, you do that for the Vatican. Yeah. Like, that's like, hey, Vatican, I'm going to give you a solid. I'm going to give you the original guy. It's a copy, but he's got to be at least, like, one half close to God.
0: Yeah, I opened, like, 700 Mm -hmm. loot boxes to get all the character shards for this new St. Peter. I love this. (laughs) Now, here's my question, and uh, it's the last
1: question I'll ask you, Conrad. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's the grudge father? What is the grudge father?
0: He's like this guy who made clones and then is the bo- a boss replaced and now he's back in the boss and there's semi-spiritual fighting that he does. And you're saying that he's
1: coming back?
0: I think that he is back.
1: I'm not going to like it as soon as I get to it. That's fair. Yeah, I remember it for 95 when we get there. So this can- is now, this is now, like, remember when we used to like Robo Hunter? Yeah. I already hate this. Oh, yeah. And it's only in its first run. That's super fair. All
0: yeah. right. Anyway, speaking of a problematic father figures, Fox. Love it. And people coming to power over things in questionable ways. Let's go to it's Thrill 3, Dynasty. It's bad. Absolutely. I'm glad that we both agree
1: that uh, when something is bad, that it is bad. Yeah. I don't like
0: Dynasty. So, anyway... Uh, script Robot, etc. Script Robot, Pat Mills. Art Robot, Clint Langley. Letting Robot, Ellie DeVille. Pat Mills, what did you do? And I'll say, I've been saying the name of this story wrong because I've been saying dinosity, but it's Dynasty? I would call it Dynasty. Like... <laughs>
1: Because it's 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 gnarly. It smells bad. It's not good. Yeah, Mrs.
0: Dino, if you're nasty, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just want to get that. Sorry, I just want to get good. the name of the story straight. Because I'm imagining people are like scoring points off me about it. So I got really it of, of over Dinosity. dynasty, and you know, it's not dynasty. It's not spelt that way. As a nerd and lover of point scoring myself, I can't begrudge anyone that goes the other way against (sighs) me. It's literally not spelt the same way as dynasty. Like that is literally me living by the sword and then dying by the sword. If if you're a person who understands
1: letters in the English language and you say this is called dynasty, you're wrong. No, I'll be dynasty. I'll be the bad one. Ready, Conrad? You're wrong. I'm. I'm very sorry. And you're listening to this. And I. And I love you. I love that you're listening to this. You but it's not. It, but it's not called Dynasty. Anyway, it's called Dinosity because of the O and the S C in it. But mm. that's fine.
0: Last time, a demon possessed Dracon the Darrister was crushed by some rubble during his fight with the Lord Gorg Duke Gorgos the Good. <sighs> but it didn't really hurt him. So the fight. I mean, continues. whatever.
1: It's all, all of this is whatever, Conrad. In the
0: castle, Prince Elvis goes to the sorcerer Walpurgis, who has some cool homeopathic remedies. He just
1: made human paste and then dissolved it in water like yeah. a lot?
0: Well, it's homeopathic. Because that's homeopathic. Yeah, so you do one you drop have to. You have to dissolve drops. a lot of it. And then you got to dissolve it even further and further. I love that. That's a thing in the
1: 90s and not something that plagues my life whenever somebody says homeopathy as something that they do. Oh, no. it's still. I happening. hate that. It yes. is still happening. It's bad. It Don't up. do homeopathy. It's literally take diluting everything that
0: helps you to a point where it doesn't. Anyway, this time it's applied to the beaks of the Royal Air Force, and they go f- flying straight, the demon-possessed dracon. Um... The, this destabilizes his possessed form, driving out the demon, but even as Drakon goes to, to land the killing blow, Liz, or as Gorgos goes to whatever, Liz Stereo of the humans arrives on a badass dino cycle and blows Gorgos away. The dinos must flee as Windsor Castle burns. The royal family gets on the royal yacht to head into exile, Gorgo swearing revenge. He really doesn't want to
1: get on the boat, from what I recall. And everyone's like, get on the fucking boat. And it's and it's all the fried egg versus yeah, that's not coming, fried egg That's shit. coming up. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the dy- the dynasty is in exile and forced to live with their cousins, the hairy tyrannosaurs of the Tyrannov of the Trianoff
1: dynasty. Which, by the way, the only thing I liked about this was the giant Ushanka. Yeah, they've got they a wear. very
0: Russian Russian dino theme. Um, and the two nobles fight a little bit. We recall this religious tension about whether the great egg in the sky is fried or poached. It seems the k- chameleon tapes that we talked about last time have sent the humans... Of Gorgos's realm into revolt, and soon other humans will follow. There's only one thing to do, and that's distract them with a royal wedding. The crown prince Re- Rex can marry um, the princess Fergasaur, like Prince Fergie. You see, it's more yeah, like his I royal get me, yeah. stuff. Meanwhile, at Human HQ, Drakon's body is finally free of evil, otherworldly influence. He, but he- now there's a new guy. Well, yeah, but first we learned that he's a former polo ball named Johnny Rotten. And he so just I feel wants like I've heard this name before in the books of this comic, Johnny Rotten. No, I just, I mean, you might be confusing with Johnny Kiss a little bit. I do love Johnny Kiss. Because the Johnny's spelled the same. I love Johnny Kiss. That J-O-N-N-I kind of thing. I think there's been a Johnny Rotten somewhere else, in the, you know, because of, of, of the Sex Pistols guy, that stuff. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. And but was, also Johnny Kiss. Yeah.
0: I'm going to kiss that kiss. Finally. Sorry. <laughs> he wants peace and reconciliation, <laughs> but the other members of the human underground are executing humans for their loyalty to the dinos. In- including that lady who was
1: like, oh, I'm all about it. I'll put the special plates in such." Absolutely. I can't wait!
0: And now they just want to cut off their head. Yeah, and chief he, among them He is, turns
1: into a demon!
0: Yeah, chief among them is the rancid kid who seems to be embracing once more the spirit of vengeance. He has sold his soul and is now the new Dracon. So, final final issue uh, or final chapter of Dinosity. we see the cover of the final issue of Royal Flush Weekly, with this gross portrait of the royal wedding and free gifts like egg cozies and a lady g- g-
1: gala, uh beard. So here's the big thing that I need to ask you about. Yeah. About this cover. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Clearly she has mammary glands and they have nipples that they put rubies or maybe dyed red skulls on. Sure. Here's the thing. They are lizards. They're terrible lizards. They don't lactate.
0: I mean... They're also on another planet. You, they get whole eat, different physical
1: setups. You eat all of what your nutrition is inside that egg, my dude.
0: It probably, actually, then what it is is that um, to f- oh, to fulfill um, on the, uh, the, the weird beauty standards that the royal court has projected onto the onto these nobility. They grew boobas? or they at least get like surgery to have boobs and stuff like
1: that. I I love to hear. Like as that, a, there is that 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 tyrannosaurs have top surgery, but not in the conventional sense.
0: They yeah. have reverse top surgery. It's for them to appear more humanly beautiful to their subjects. You know what I'm saying? Because we're gonna eat yeah, but at the very least, well, I've they got eat tits. the humans, but they also rely on the respect of the humans and their love of the royalty stuff to keep them in power. I don't know if all of the things they do do that thing that you just <laughs> i mean it definitely does you know because we see the royal fa- the human masses looking on the happy couple being wed many of them tread upon their blood forming a literal red carpet and they're real into it the wedding culminated a call to arms against the human uprising and those dumb humans buy it Meanwhile, Rotten and the new Dracon face off in combat. Sure, Drakon's bigger and stronger, but Rotten... Um, Rotten has you know, heart and also you-can-just-kill-me-bro yeah. energy. He no longer has fear and instead has the power of peace, an idea that is immortal, I guess. This diminishes Dracon's power, ba- which is based on rage, hate, and fear, and then banishes him, and the humans are all reunited to spend their message to the enslaved humans to throw off the yoke of dino rule. They shall always triumph because their hearts are already free. Fair enough, buddy. Conrad. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everything that you said, I know that you can literally infer from the comic that I
0: read. Here's what I got out of it. Boring. Yeah, I'm not too stressed. very about it. boring. This is the this is the end of Dynasty, or Dynasty will never see it again. We, it's we, very bad. We will see Clint Langley a bit in coming years, and, and Pat Mills will be back for Slain in uh this big spring relaunch coming up. I hate it! That's yeah, fine. No. I I hated it. That's fine. Yeah, the end of Dynasty, like I said, it won't be back. Clint Langley, though, will have a bunch of times in the coming years. And Pat Mills will be back for Slain as part of the spring relaunch. So, Clint Langley being the, uh, the artist. The yeah. artist. Because that I loved. Yeah, it's very eclectic.
1: Yeah. It's very messy. It's very colorful.
0: you yeah, will come back for more Pat Mills stuff, especially.
1: I like it. I didn't. I I mean, I. Well, Pat Mills, what did you do? I
0: mean, I would say this is not a good effort for Mills, but it definitely feels like stuff that. It, 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 it definitely feels like. um... Part of the core, par for the course, I guess, or something. I mean, we've seen his um, dislike of royalty in the past, as well as sort of um, sed- send-ups like you- of, of, of royal weddings and stuff like that. But you literally as well.
1: don't have to do that by saying this is literal royalty.
0: I mean, I think it's okay. Like, you know, I would say it's not as just yeah, so you like dynasty. I would say this is not Pat Mill's best effort, but I would also say that you know, like, is it his worst effort? So far, looking back, uh, certainly so far, yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying yeah. is that this is a
1: low point, but there are there are countless high points. I can, yeah,
0: I'm I'm just saying that you know, with the with the style that Pat Mills swings his bat, every once in a while, you're gonna get swings and misses like this.
1: Absolutely. Well, this is the thing <laughs> is that when you when you do a lot of home runs, like no one really talks about
0: your misses. Yeah, I'm just saying that this one. It feels like Pat Mill. Like, it's not like, oh, this is bad how I, Pat Mills have written this. I could see how Pat Mills See, wrote here's this. the thing. What I what I love
1: about Dinosity, I love a send-up of royalty. I love a send-up of rich. Eat the rich, FYI. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great storytelling.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It was, very, it, was, it was very compactness all over the place. Anyway. So, shall we move on? Yes. Let's tell a story we've been liking. In this case. I love it. Thrill for Timothy Rex. She
1: just done got blowed up. Yeah, she's dead. H- d- Like fucking my favorite diva she-he <laughs> just done blowed
0: up my favorite Liz she. Yeah. so scripture about John Smith, art about Richard Elson and Don D. Cox letting go about Alita Fell. Reverend Hayes has donned the god skin and things are looking pretty bad. He's bilocated located to the Deos Machina uh, sanctuary and shows off Tyranny Rex's head on a literal pike. But that's not enough because that head is empty. Her mind got out at the last minute. He needs to destroy her now. And we see the Cygnet stormtroopers being driven insane by all this when suddenly Tyranny Rex's head starts to talk. She says she... The th- no, the three, like, not goddesses. It's the three yeah. women of, of, like, torment. Yeah, our, our Ladies of Tears. We'll get yeah. to it in a second. Yeah, she says she's the ghost of machine. She's the ghost in the machine, and it's all over for Hayes because the th- as the three figures of Our Ladies of Sorrow appear, who we got introduced to last episode, Hayes is powerful, but the ladies brush him aside easily. They explain there is no Deus Machina, only this three and one—the sorrow at the heart of mankind. I, I love it because the 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 uh,
1: intent here is that because if you remember, she went to this big room and there was no one there, and it's like, yeah, there's no one here. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point, man. The mm-hmm. ladies of sorrow. And, and the church that she was a part of, it's like, yeah, bitch, there's nothing. <laughs> hey, hello, there's nothing. Yeah, just uh, Not that there's nothing. We're saying that at this point, there is nothing. And we're going to get to that because apparently... But
0: the, but the sorrow at the heart of all mankind, Fox. I, but there is rebirth.
1: Mm. Only so, to emit more sorrow, I would imagine. Yeah, Like up. their whole... Reason uh, d'etre mm-hmm. is to recreate life or to push it farther in order to make it realize that hey, bitch, we read Nietzsche
0: like a lot of Nietzsche. <laughs> Something <laughs> all of this sucks. So they explained that, yeah, no Deus Machina, only a three in one, so at the heart of mankind, Hayes is lost, and indeed, he lost from the day of his 12th birthday, even well, after he rants, a rough one even as he rants his body about having won, his body starts to unravel and unwind, bringing Hayes's greatest fears to life. Like the time he was 12 years old at his birthday, his hair was set on fire by the birthday candles and everyone made fun of him. Which, I mean, that's just too much hairspray,
1: first off. Like, that's mm. what did it. Because he's got the curlies. <laughs> Here's the thing the the one thing that I liked about their conversation about him having the god skin on they're like listen mm-hmm. you put this on here's the thing you immediately start to unravel yeah and you start to unravel in two different directions your greatest fears and your mm. and your desires mm. here's the thing those desires come at a cost ah. right so he was thinking, like, I'm gonna make a whole world that is Agatha Christie fucking levels of fucking, like, weird. Okay. Um, instead, it's nah, man, like, the godskin skin plums the depths of both. Mm. Yeah. And, and what I love about this is that you get these very highly visual, like, like, whatever that, that, like, look, whatever made him this thing, which is this birthday party, which is laughable, It that is contextually st- a stupid reason to become a conqueror of the universe, mm-hmm. but also maybe the best reason to become a conqueror of the universe, <laughs> right? Like, if- I had shame once. Possibly. I will re- never have shame again. Possibly relatable. But so... Well, no, that's what I mean. It's like what I love about Tyranny Rex here is it's like it, it it took a person and obliterated them. And the next topic is I had a bad birthday once. Yeah, right. That's dumb, but it's also meaningful in a way. It, like this to me. It's done so fucking well. Mm -hmm. this is done immaculately well because it's like that's why he's this crazy because if you're worried about your 12th birthday or whatever the fuck it was like that doesn't matter in the scheme of things in the Mm -hmm. logarithmic sense of your brain processing information until you're dead Mm -hmm. this birthday has no point but it has the most point to a guy who literally did genocides throughout the entire universe
0: to wear someone else's skin only to unravel. I mean, I think there's a lot of times with things that seem innocuous or silly in our past. Absolutely. With us.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah. But, it's completely singular to the person. Mm-hmm. I, so what I mean about the estrangement is that it's so bizarre that it's reasonable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. So he feels this, and eventually um, he explodes into a bunch of cells. <laughs> no, he
1: explodes, yeah.
0: He gets turned into an oosphere, which is a term for an unfertilized egg, but an egg of like a lower lower order plant, basically. Fertilized by tyranny's soul form, and now it's this kind of brain sperm uh, waiting to develop and hatch.
1: Um, one of my favorite. Two sentences of this. Here endeth the lesson. Here begins the nativity. Yeah, this is what the
0: devika have been waiting for. The crucible of change that will reforge humanity anew. Shadow Chancellor Hoth takes charge of it, of the evolutionary process to seed the stars. You will be called when it is time. The end of Tyranny Rex. So, I, I, the only question I have
1: to you, Conrad, as someone who is my my mentor, my guide through all of this, Listen, we're on the journey together, friend. Well, no, I mean, like, it's, it's, what's it's, your question? You have been through this in a way, not necessarily mm. with a scalpel. Uh, so, I really loved Tyranny Rex. Yeah,
0: this is a great. I thought this is a really fun story.
1: I didn't see it ending this way.
0: Mmm. I mean, that's and, what I get
1: gotcha. And I liked it. Because of its bizarre nature. Absolutely. Did you enjoy it? I mean, for me, I feel like this end is very abrupt, I guess. I would agree. It's, and, and doesn't make sense.
0: I don't know. It seems complicated. And like, I feel like there's a lot of terminologies and things going on that I'm not quite sure about what the end is. Again, I'm mostly here for language and imagery when it comes to these John Smith stories. I don't need them to really have the strongest A A to B to C sc- uh, structure, you know. I just need some fun, interesting stuff. You know, if you could give me a crazy end, that's great. Do you think I mean, it would was say,
1: going to end this way?
0: No, I mean I didn't know how it would end. I thought it might be a showdown or Do, something like that. But were you were you happy? Sad? Yeah, were you I'm fine with this end. And were you I intermediate? Like I feel like it's pretty good. Like it just or it's it's no less than I would expect. From a weird... From what this story has been so far, you know? Um, Well, that's... Because what I loved about it a lot, and
1: the reason that I want to talk about it this much, you and I had a very good conversation about, like, taking advantage of her... Yeah. ...during a a specific part, and this destruction of who she is now, and now she is a... a, We could call it a single-celled organism, it's not... Uh, it's just like where she's gone now. I don't know if they're ever going to take this and move it into the future and use it. I doubt it given our experience. Yeah.
0: I guess I would have, if you're making me think about it, I guess I would have liked to see a little bit more of, you know, to earn sort of the, the personality changes that they forced on her in the first section to have like that what happened to her yeah, well, in the change. I would have just liked to see that pay off a little bit more in the course I agree. of the adventure onto Earth and then through the Deus Machina and stuff. I feel like there was lost space, so It felt rushed. It very much sort of eludes over both some Earth adventures and some inside the Deus Machina stuff that you could have had if you wanted to expand this story more.
1: I felt like this could have been ten more progs, maybe twenty more.
0: Yeah, it could have been ten, ten. probably would have been sufficient. Yeah, they could have binged around more, but I think in the end, you know, they they got to the end and it, it feels it feels pretty good. Like, I I'm just I just don't feel uh, for me
1: personally where it started and how you contextualized it for me mm-hmm. when some real shit happened, which is effective of, uh, of rape, right? right? Not sorry. Yeah.
0: No. I mean, I, like, like, yeah, well, like, like I said, all of this.
1: Yeah. I, it had so much to say, and where it ended, I don't feel like it paid off against that. Yeah. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can agree with that for sure. I think that, like I, said, that said, it's great. It's like, I fucking love. It. There, there could have been more to sort of earn what they did in the, or or to justify what, what happened towards the end of the first part of the story. But yeah, I thought it was mostly pretty good. I thought
1: that but, it was. This is one of the best things that I read today. Just to be clear, okay, I, and not to put it against the bad, which there's a lot of it. That seems like
0: faint praise from a current era of 2000. Well, no, but no, anyway. okay.
1: Let me let me redial that back. I feel like where it ended was mm-hmm. like. I didn't expect it at all. For sure. And I was kind of happy about not expecting it.
0: I mean, I think it keeps you on your toes more... I mean, sort of like Revere, I would say, actually. Yes! Yes! Where I think we have a sense that the story is going to lead to some big showdown fight. But But it doesn't! It doesn't really do that. Instead, it's more just sort of like... Instead, I turn into butterflies and you guys chose the wrong choice. It's more about sort of realizing these... Strange and ephemeral concepts that underpin reality and human experience. It's the fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional, and six like dimensional experience. Exposing those sort of melts opposition before you and kind of leads to an end that's more like a, you know, more like as opposed to being the act an actual and it's more the start of the story on a different plane of existence or something like I that. I love. So
1: thank you, first off, for indulging me. Yeah, I dumb. loved this story from front to back, right? Mm-hmm. Do I think that it ended the best way it possibly could? Actually, yes. She was decapitated, and when she was decapitated, she still spoke. Yeah, it was crazy. And Very, at uh... some point, we're like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this organism that is also her." That is going to spread you through the stars, and she will call upon you. Like, to me, all of that was, like, promise, promise, promise. And even if they never deliver on that, if they never do another... uh, Any of the stories against this, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it sort of also makes Hayes sort of a a herod to tyranny rexes um oh i John love the Baptist, i know i love that because that's also yeah sort of yeah no you're right and heads and then leading to no you're so right perception of some important you're so thing. right and like you kind of and like our you've got our ladies of sorrow and our lady of sorrow it's is meant to be a little like bit of that. an allegory so anyway
1: i know i think that that's <laughs> Sorry, I, I know yeah, that we took a long there you time. Go. <laughs> I know that we took a long time on it. I but part of it was because I think that this was the best reinterpretation of something that we've read before. Mm. And I'm going to compare that to something that we've read before and that we have to read this time. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about Rogue
0: Trooper because I actually think that, that was okay. It's alright. It's a whole thing. But yeah, so um just getting to the end of this, yeah, this the end of Tyranny Rex. We will have more Tyranny Rex stories, but not until the year 2004, so... And I'm guessing nothing to do with what I we're doing. I don't think that it's going to be a continuation of this one. I, um, I, I like that it capped off. Yeah, it's an interesting conclusion, for sure. And I should say, also, after a very extensive run, I think most of 93, and here in since first quarter of 94... This is the last we'll see of John Smith for a while. He won't be back in the Prague until 1996. That's really unfortunate I find him to be fantastic. He's really been a source of, like, fun and weirdness in these pages. Well, like, I, I think in an anthology, you need a difference in tone. Yeah, and has often honestly been the, like, been the one creating the bright spots in some very rough going. I don't know what mm. we would have done in nineteen ninety three if we didn't have these John Smith stories coming through. <laughs> <Whoa>. uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't. like yeah. If, you imagine, <laughs> if you imagine that year like without Firekind
1: no without Firekind without, it
0: wouldn't w- have been w- good without Slaughter Bowl, it wouldn't have been good like this that would have been a rough period especially if you imagine what they would have replaced them with oh my anyway, god anyway oh yeah. my god but that's a bummer god. but I hope he takes a nice break and comes back and has more for us I mean he will I imagine
1: I hope yeah. should please. be please Please, in yeah. the past, this is me sending this, please,
0: to you. And with that, let's take a quick break from thrills and talk about non-thrills, covers, and shadows. We get a lot of
1: Rogue Trooper this month. Yeah, they're building them up, for sure. And I love it. Actually, and I will say this. To you, Conrad. Okay. You know how much
0: I don't like Rogue Trooper. Yes, yeah, on record is the anti-Rogue Rogue Trooper podcast. I like it. Ooh, okay. Well, let's we'll get to it. Prague eight eighty, Blue Thunder. Chris Weston draws Friday, all chipped up and ready to go. Thorg mentions that the Friday story will continue the night in the uh, sci-fi special, which w- we will talk about here in the podcast next week. Your I will, not you, Bob. Um <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's um, fine. And Whatever, that there's a Robo cares? Hunter story coming the Prague as well. Yeah, right? it sucks. Why did you do that? No, Conrad. Why? Let's talk Why did time. you do... Okay, There's also some discussion fine, about upcoming fine. comic book movies besides Judge Dredd. The main one they mention is Tank Girl. Um, as, very good. Yeah, and then... I love Tank Girl. because of What's that, your feelings on Tank Girl? It's fine. I, I like Lori Petty. She's a good actress. That is the correct response. <laughs> and I remember it being very like atmospheric at the time and stuff like that. Like Judge Dredd, actually, it was one of these ones Kangaroo where... Kangaroo Boys? I saw that it was based on a comic... I tried to find the comic for it at the Delaware Five and Dimes that I was at at my, su- my summer vacation. Could not find them, so I just sort of imagined they were too cool for me. Here's the
1: thing. I uh, So I love her to death. Also, sometimes you just want to
0: fuck a kangaroo. Yeah. Played by, or yeah, sometimes IHT is there. Malcolm McDowell's the bad guy there. I was actually, I'm a big Malcolm McDowell fan. He's good. He's the go- bad guy in a, in a Clockwork Orange, or, or the main guy hey. in a Clockwork Orange, I should say. But I must admit, as a as an adult, I more know him as the evil admiral in the Wing Commander video games. Jesus Christ. So the main Yeah, so so like I said, the main one they talk about is Tank Girl, but there's also discussion of a James Cameron directed Spider-Man movie. Which James Cameron? Yeah, which, doing a Spider-Man? It would have uh, starred a baby Leonardo DiCaprio Catherine Hepburn Aunt May. What? And Arnold Schwarzenegger's Dr. Octopus. Oh. <laughs>
1: Ah! Uh, I think that would have been good also, but I think that the alternate reality was better. Though by 1994, I should say that film is pretty much dead in the water due to litigation. Well, I mean, stuff. but also, like, I think we got a better Spider-Man movie?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, six or seven years later, there was the Raimi one and all that kind of stuff. No, that's what I mean. Sam Raimi did a great job. I think it would have been too early at this point for a, for a Spider-Man movie just in terms of the special effects and where storytelling oh, yeah. is for these how kinds would of movies. yeah, how would you do,
1: like, the well, no, because they already did the, the kind of like Superman flying
0: through the air. You just do it all on blue screen. Yeah, I think it would just be, I imagine be a very lot of T-1000 T- era special effects, which is good, good, but still not super. Um, or not like, not like, I don't know. I, I'm glad they didn't do it then. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, there's a Beyond Belief section which says that Nylon was named for the two cities it was developed in. Uh, you can't... Spend more than three hours in Detroit, or you can't stand for more than three hours in Detroit because of union rules. <laughs> m <M&Ms. laughs> That's actually, that's actually funny. M&M's are hand-painted. Thanks for this info from Dean from Gwent. And a farmer surgically removes all of his pork chops. Prime cut. Yeah, Prague 881, Nick Percival does a very detailed close-up of the clown. Smile, his teeth are very gross. Tharg is extremely quaxton in the nerve center, says it mostly in Beetlejuician. Grill sprung dig Quinn's consolations. Uh, too much. There's also a droid profile on Clown Rider and PR droid Igor. Good kind. He likes Ramen and Bob Dylan. Good I times. I mean so Ramen great, Clown bad. It's true. Prog 882, Chief Judge down, Dread protects Magruder in a Mick Austin cover, and the Nerve Center Tharg teases the return of Bradley in the debut of Baybrace 2000. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. The return of Bradley. Yeah,
0: next episode.
1: Don't like it. Why
0: is Bradley coming back? Because Alan McKenzie is the editor now, and he likes to put his stories in Alan McKenzie,
1: I think that you are someone who has had their prose
0: published. And I respect that. Loves him some Bradley. Also, John Higgins is coming back for Dread, which I'm excited about. That sounds great. Mid-issue, there's an ad for Euro Gen Con 1994 in the Prague held at Space Spinner Headquarters in Cambridge. Whoa! Um, we're also... Near in- Hastings, Sussex, England. Yeah, well, it's in the Cherry Hinton of Cambridge. See? Ooh. So it says, Ponton's Holiday Center... Yeah, that Canberra must be a sense. different one. Oh,
1: no, this is a different one. This is Or European. maybe that's where,
0: where you send, or maybe Cambridge is where you send for the this information This is for 94. Pack. Yeah, sorry, sorry. The event is going to be in Sussex, but you order your information pack from Cambridge. That's what it is. Anyway. Hey. Anyway, I'll mention that this era we're in doesn't have a ton of ads, and indeed the scans we have don't even often have the letter pages. That's why I've been skipping over them. Because they we just weren't getting them, so if you had letters and previous issues, I'm sorry. But Nemesis comes to Alton Towers, yes, which is a big thing
1: for me. So Alton Towers, mm-hmm. can I can I go on a small tirade? Sure. No, I've been on a few. Yeah. So Alton Towers is this place that I learned about prior to coming to the UK. Yeah, it's a UK amusement park. So, but but it's a but it uh, so but Alton Towers was a uh, um, uh, like a Lord. Fucking owned the land and all this shit. And they turned it into this park, I believe, and people can please correct me. It was like, hey, come come look at this, like, bunch of flowers and shit, this garden that we made. Yeah. Right? But eventually, because of rides, like, that people were making in, like, 1920 or whatever. Yeah, he sort started- of... It's like, let's start doing this thing. Alton Towers was one of the uh, places where the most original dark ride was created. So, a dark ride is everything is dark as you go through yeah. the thing, right? They might like kind of theme it in a certain way, right? But like they a, had one like called the Black. They stuff. had a they had one called the Black Hole, I mm-hmm. believe, which you can't ride anymore, but is considered one of the funnest rides that people have ever ridden in terms of a dark ride. And uh, it's been a place that I've wanted to go for a very long time. I want to go to Alton Towers. Let's do it. I, I think you once you showed me a uh, Defunct Land. Yeah, Defunct Land. Video also, guy? just a shout-out to Defunct Land. If anyone, <coughs> you should watch the Alton Towers Defunct Land.
0: Very, Man. very good. Stuff, YouTube series about old amusement parks and stuff. And great um, slideshow. So And then uh, we've got an input page. Which has an extremely buff picture of Friday. Letters are happy that Rogue Trooper is back. Question some female characterizations in the prog. um, And the editors in response deflect a point about Judge Anderson in a swimsuit because that happened in the magazine, not in the progs. Um, Wait, wait, she was in a, she was in a swimsuit? Yeah, yeah. That sounds,
1: wait, why were people upset about that? I didn't see that.
0: It's objectifying her and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but
1: like, I would objectify myself in front of anyone if someone said that I was hot. Also, that's a character from something that doesn't exist. It's not a real person.
0: I didn't write the letter, Fox. Um, sorry.
1: <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I just, I, I love Judge Hershey. She's my favorite. Judge
0: Anderson. Yeah. There's sorry, also <laughs> An ice dancer apparently that looks kind of like Halo Jones. I looked this up and she's just gonna have short blonde hair, I guess. And then there's another Beyond Belief facts about the word, or and then there's order or questions about Beyond Belief, and then there's some facts about the words Revere, Strontium, and Feral. Finally, 883 in the future, everyone will be famous for 15,000 kilometers per hour. Anthony Williams, just a Babe Race cover. I love this cover. Yeah, featuring Joy Hogg on her motorcycle. Black, white, and red, extremely Sin City inspired. I love this cover, Conrad, and uh, I'll save it for later, please. Okay, yeah, again. Um, yeah, I like his visual style, too, and I'll mention in the Nerve Center, um, in like the explanation of the credit page, it says uh, a, babe, a a babe or a dame to thrill for. And in 1983, that's when the Sin City, the second Sin City story, A Dame to Kill For, came out. This is very much an inspired by here. Um, yeah. In the nerve center, Tharg is starting the hype machine for the big relaunch and TV ad campaign for Prague 889. Announcing the return of John Wagner and Carlos Scara on Dread. Plus, Rogue Trooper, Slain, Armored Gideon, and an all-new thrill called uh, Mambo. So they're they're announcing... Original
1: creators coming back to Judge Dredd during a pivotal Judge Dredd.
0: Well, they're basically saying, yeah, like taste. you like you like you know John Wagner's probably the best Dredd writer, and and he'll be back. Carlos for the story. is the best, yeah, best American artist yeah, for it because he created it. Certainly the definitive artists for both those characters at this point in uh, 2080 history. So are
1: they saying it for this year, or that they are just coming back?
0: They're saying that they're going to be back for Prague 889. Well, I mean, that's not far from now, yeah, so I know.
1: that's kind of telling, isn't it? Well, yeah, because, I mean, I've been mentioning It means th- a dip. Uh, so what I love, uh, been, what I've I'm leaning into is that, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: I've just been, you know, for the last couple of weeks in the nerve centers, I've, or I've been saying that, you know, they're going to sa- like, basically, 2000 AD sales are in the shitter and so the plan is they're going to have a big national TV advertising campaign. And as part of that, the week that the campaign kicks off, they're also trying to put their very best foot forward with 2000 AD. So that means the start of Ro- of, of Rogue Trooper coming back with the yeah. biochips, the way people remember them nostalgically, um, you know, which didn't go bad. Fun characters, people like, like Armored Gideon. Um, and then also oh. these, um, these characters, like the creators that people, that old heads really appreciate and have nostalgia for, Ascara and Wagner. So, uh, and and the reason that I'm putting this forward is, I mean, there's a
1: person writing for Dread already. Well, the, Doesn't that kind of come at, at a
0: at a head in a way? Not, I'm asking your opinion more than... Not really, think. because... Um, we're actually in a period of flux for Dread Writers. Mm-hmm. You know, Ennis, Garth Ennis have been doing it for quite a bit, but yep. he's he's very much stepped back. And recently, we've sort of been moving between um, uh, Mark Miller, Grant Morrison, and, um, and 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 Alan McKenzie, who wrote most of this week's stories. So there isn't really someone who's in residence writing Dread, and that's very much how it's going to be. You know, I'd say moving until forward, like
1: 2000s almost, right? I
0: would say to this day, honestly, like, like you just have like repeating, or I would, I would rather say, I would a, a, say,
1: a carousel of writers.
0: I would say there's different people writing, and they'll bring in like, there's not like one specific Voice. dread writer, and it's more, you know, you'll bring in people for certain stories, and maybe there's one or two people that sort of write epics, but then. Also, there's always room for John Wagner to come back. Do you feel that? Do you feel, do that, stories, do you feel he's that, the best one?
1: Do you feel that that hurts more than helps? Not necessarily looking forward, but just knowing.
0: No, the I kind don't of think parasol. it hurts. I think it, it brings some freshness to it. I think 17 years into Dread, the character's voice has been very well established. Mm. I think that you know, if you are if you are working on the on a dread script and you have done any kind of research then you'll have an idea of, of what that is of what, and what you're walking into yeah of what dread and of what mega city one is basically like for both the setting and the character I think and, and maybe some inspiration in some ways I mean I right? would think because you have so much. To work from and to pull from. I'd say certainly today, no one writes Judge Dread who doesn't have an extensive amount of Judge Dread in their personal. Well, past. certainly not now. <laughs> like I, you've I gotta, just, you've you got to be into Dread to write Dread a little bit. Yeah, and so
1: so you're kind of you're, uh, not to put words in your mouth. Are you kind of excited for where we're going? Like, of course, we're in '94 now. But I mean, where where it's
0: evolving towards, I mean, is that I'd a say we've had place. some very hit or misses, hit or miss dreads in the progs. I'm very, I would say so. I'm very happy to get Wagner back in the progs, but like, I'm not thirsting for it. If just because Wagner's been a very consistent president in the magazine currently, and so you know, I've got a reasonable amount of of of, of Wagner's dread in my reading queue. But I am ha- I am excited for him to come back to Prague, certainly.
1: Because I mean, it's as you and I both say, and I'll and I'll end on this. I think that the that the thing that really drives us to read this comic book is the anthology nature of it, right? Yeah, it's an anthology. Part of it. Anthology doesn't mean the same writer, the same artist, the same letterer all the time, right? I don't know. I th- I, I feel like I feel like consistency is good but I feel like a changeup could be decent sometimes. What do you think?
0: I think it can be for legacy stories like Dread, something that is consistent constantly in the story. Honestly, I think otherwise I really... Like, for an individual story in the anthology that's going to be there for a month or two, I really do prefer to have... For a specific story to always have the same writer and always have the same artist, honestly. I think... Going back to earlier so this consistency, episode, right? yeah, earlier this episode, I think that's something that honestly kind of hurts the Tyranny Rex story. Is just I agree that there's four that that there's like three three or four different artists. I want to say in the course I, of it, yeah, and the, because they're not bought in, right?
1: Like <laughs> having a writer artist team. Has always been a power couple move. I mean, in
0: the things that we've enjoyed, I feel. Yeah, like. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I can't really speak to the psychology of it, but I, I just like a consistent art style throughout the whole throughout a whole story. But but that's the thing is that you get someone who
1: is sitting and living and talking to this person to make something, right? Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, to an extent, I don't. I mean, I couldn't say. And I, I honestly wouldn't want to want to speculate how that's fine. How closely any one member of the of the creative teams on these stories actually work. But with that's each other. but that's fine. Like because you know because I know there are artists that live very far away. For instance, and maybe you or talk or, to your artist on the phone, but you're mostly working off scripts or and stuff prefer like that. to not be a part right. of it. I'm just right? yeah, I'm just saying that I just like like. Less in terms of the of of the chemistry of the creators. I just like a consistent creative team, just for the how the actual story works out. I guess. Thanks. Thanks for indulging okay. me in that
1: conversation. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. I know that that went that went really off lid. To, I just I I love to get some of your insight, to just cont- as as somebody who's very. Sure. Beligible. I
0: mean, hey, well, listen, we're learning together. Anyway, to continue the sentence that I was going
1: through.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, new story in Mambo. Also, this nerve center has a rest in peace and like short eulogy for uh, for Jack Kirby, who died in February of nineteen ninety four. Rest in peace. Uh, Mid Prague, there's it. Uh, that's the Nemesis ride. Um, and you can win a free ticket by answering a question of who Nemesis' nemesis was. The input page is a picture of Judge Gorgos with a Dracon Wanted poster. Letters Note 2000 AD showing up in a show called Noisy Mothers on ITV, which seems to be a heavy metal. Uh, music video show there's a list of top 10 2000 AD quotes but it's just some guy writing them and they're clearly come from like his favorite characters and stories a lot a <laughs> lot of chopper a lot of lot of lot of nemesis stuff in. okay i mean like chopper was good though. it's good i but like i just i just don't think the top 10 quotes of 2000 AD three of them should be from chopper or from choppers no. Chopper no are you kidding there are yeah.
1: so many great quotes from this entire fucking
0: series see, of comics. Because he number one, name's Chopper, world champion. No. Number three, Shakespeare, Chopper, just playing creep to me. No. And then, oh yeah, and then you're the tops, Jug. That's the Chopper quote, too. That's too many. Um, I, no, and those aren't the top
1: quotes. No. Um, anyway, The um, Pikachu walkie-talkies didn't even make it into the... run. <laughs> that's not a quote. Um... They, there are when you slap a
0: woman and say some horrible things on Death Planet. Good times. Others compliment Tyranny Rex, and there's a request for Thor in 2000 AD. But who needs Thor when you have Flame Fox? But Thor, like, in, like, the Marvel sense? Or Thor
1: just, like, in the Thor sense of, like, metaphysics? Who could guess?
0: Okay. The prog ends with a... Tr- I mean... I would say Thor is not as big oh, a deal. Thor, the Marvel character, is not as big a deal in this era of um, comics. Uh, the prog ends with a tribute to Jack Kirby by Shaky Kane. Extremely fitting because I feel like Kane has a very strong Kirby influence and shows Tharg surfing the cosmos on a 2000 AD logo as red Kirby crackle fills the scarscape behind I did, him. I, so, not knowing Kirby
1: as much as I guess some people hmm uh, like I found that to be
0: honestly very kind yeah it's good well it's just sort of it's a artist who's very clearly inspired by this artist then you know working in his style to create a, oh, a fun Jack work. Jack Kirby was a part of the Marvel artistry right oh of course yeah I, I uh this that cover specifically is very heavily inspired by Fantastic Four number seventy-two. Yeah, no, I, I got, I got very like Silver Surfer Yeah, vibes. absolutely. This is one hundred percent. That's a Silver Surfer f- flying through the cosmos, and similarly, one. This is uh, Shaky Kane sort of doing his best Kirby but with like, a I, like
1: influence. Like I do know whom Jack Kirby is. Yeah, right. But like, I did not necessarily ingest Jack Kirby's work right ah oh, yeah it's and, I, look. and i no and i feel like that's that's a kindness where it's like hey listen we're paying for every page we're paying for every color we're paying for every line right yeah and and you're putting a eulogy on the back well, of it well
0: i think you i mean the fact is that like jack Kirby is an immensely influential comic book artist mm. and so if you were making a comic in 19 in, in like early 1994 from top to bottom, you have to have a, a Jack Kirby um, mention in memoriam. Mark, you have to mark his passing because he's such a titan of the of the industry. Well, it was, it's a, it was it's like a lot
1: when, of the reason that everybody got into it. right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's like when Stan Lee died, for instance, for of a similar like sort of. Character t- who made their mark, uh, or person who made their mark on the on the industry. And with that, Fox, mm. we hit a lot. Mm. Of to- we've hit a lot of topics so far, Fox. We've talked of- about a lot, a lot of stuff about father figures, a fair amount of stuff about death and reverse. <sighs> and thus, let's continue that theme with Thrill Five Rogue Trooper. So can
1: I say, as someone who has been adamantly adamantly against this series i wasn't at the beginning Mm -hmm. you know what i am now what's that tentatively interested (laughs) so i i love i love that it's like he's got this kind of banter with them that it's not you're the guys i left behind and you're in my gear instead it's like hey buddy we need to come up with solutions immediately. Yeah. You need to put these things in your gear. We get the the other person's perspective. My worry here is that it goes towards what we used to hear, which is like, I want to be in a virtual world with blue girl on a computer. Hey. Right? So what I like about this is that it's going back to basics. At the very end of it, we get him in full regalia. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it opens up the opportunity for a good Rogue Trooper story because Clavel is still we, in. Yeah, well, let's,
0: let's talk about it on the, on the far end. Of story let's here, do Fox. it, Fox. So, script robot Michael Fleischer, now McKenzie as Falco. Art robot Chris Weston, Mike Hadley, Letting robot Bunty Mayhew. Friday, the Rogue Trooper. He's stuck on the ship of the Scavenger of Souls and it's about to explode and self-destructing. But he doesn't want to leave his biochip buddies behind and he can't stop the self destruct, but maybe he can redirect the self destruct. What? Anyway, the chips do that and they use it to destroy the scavenger ship. Technically breaking their promise to not to kill him, but he was a jerk. I mean, fuck that guy. Yeah. That guy literally enslaved thousands of people into chips. Absolutely. Friday grabs his buddy's chips and puts them into the slot that have that the slots that have conveniently appeared on his war gear. That also
1: uh, are conveniently the war gear that he had since the beginning of the.
0: Pretty whole much, thing. yeah. The ship will stay in orbit, and when they figure out how to regene bodies, they'll resurrect everybody who wants it. But hey, listen, if you want to die, we'll just shoot you into the sun? Yeah, yeah, no reason to wait around if you're just going to be blown up anyway. I mean,
1: just to say,
0: there's a lot of them that decide to just die. Yeah, a lot of people willing to stay dead. They get jettisoned into the sun, and Friday's back in business. And we've got a mission. We're going to once more find that jerk, Clavel, get our body, get bodies for our buddies. And this story will continue in the sci-fi special, and we'll be entering a pretty heavy Friday period from 889 onwards. So I do like a Clavel-specific
1: period, I mean, right? Yeah. A- and, and with the chips being... More military and less crazy. Well, if that makes I, sense. I
0: think I, I definitely think, and this is a lesson from original Rogue Troopers, that it's good to have a specific mission with an endpoint, right? Original Rogue Trooper was finding the traitor general, right? And Clavel, yeah, exactly. very similar sort of concept. Um, I think the chips are different because. They've done some work to give at least two of the chips personalities, basically. Wow. Well, like, they've yeah. made they've made Top very, like, sort of fatherly and advice-giving. It calls Friday Son and stuff like that. And they've definitely given 8-Ball, who's in the gun, this sort of insane calling-a-mommy
1: personality. I don't know if you want mommy putting you in the gun. Put me in the barrel mommy. It's a
0: lot. But I think it does sort of, I don't know, create some something for these characters, I guess. And maybe it's the, something to work on. Something yeah. to work through. I would say both getting back the chips for some more pattern characterization is good for Friday. I think reestablishing a mission and an end point for this adventure is also very good for Friday. We'll see how it goes from here though, of course, once we actually get to it. You know. And Hey, but, and, uh, you know, speaking of uh, reboots for older thrills, Fox, we can talk about Thrill 6, Robo Hunter. Why? Why would we need to talk about that? This one really feels like it's burning off the story. Script robot Mark Miller, art robot Simon, Jacob, Letting robot Bunty, Mayhew, God fucking damn it, Robo Hunter. (laughs) You wake up, there's blood bots, they
1: want to take your blood. Yeah. And your friend needs you. Like, I don't
0: care. So I got to say, I thought we were through with Mark Miller's hyper <laughs> and ridiculous Robo Hunter when we started with the Peter Hogan story from a couple weeks ago. But it looks like we've got one last gasp with this version of uh, Sam Slade. This story is called Dr. Robotowski. Sam Slade wakes up to find himself surrounded by blood donation bots. Why do they want
1: his blood? I guess it doesn't matter. That's the... The, I mean, the red herring of. The- I think
0: it's literally just pushy, like blood donation people. You know, always asking if you want to donate blood. The end of this, this sequence ends with Sam removing the uh, organ donation sticker from his driver's license and stuff like that. Yeah, I just I feel like they don't come to you when you sleep. I suppose they might knock on the door or something. Slam slaughtering them. At least one though gets in his shoulder, drinks some blood. The fight takes Sam out the side of a window and he lands in the back of a hover cab, which then explodes. Now on the street in his boxers, Sam is met by a fancy butler droid um, who hands him a trench coat and offers him a job protecting his master, Georgie Costello, the man who trained Sam to be a robo-hunter at Costello's fancy house. The men shake hands, and Costello explains that his old partner, Jack Abbott, um, is still alive and hell-bent on killing him. Abbott Whoops. and Costello? Yeah. You see where I'm going. It seems Abbott has gone over to the robot side and is hell-bent on revenge, so he needs Sam's protection, as we see an army of robots approaching the mansion, including some of those classic Pac-Man-looking mini-bots from the Ian Gibson days of our Oh, yeah. It from From, like, the robo-planet? Uh, no, the, these the, these were like a horde of assassin bots that were taking people out and Sam had to take them. The tiny mechs, they were called, and Sam took them out. This is after the robot planet. Abbott now calls himself, yes, we learn Abbott now calls himself Dr. Robotowski, and the attack begins with a big T-Rex dino breaking through the wall, and I gotta say... Simon Jacob is a good choice for author here. All these guys have this kind of armored Gideon feel to it. Oh,
1: I mean, listen, when you want a uh, robo dinosaur to come <clears> through <throat> your
0: house,
1: yeah, this rich. You guy's also mansion. want a boring tool to
0: basically be the mouth, of course. Yeah, a lot of a lot of circular teeth like a remora. Um, <laughs> there's an army of robots, and Sam can't kill them fast enough. Hoagie calls for peace, and Costello says he can't. Um, He can't help fight because he promised to never kill another robot. Sam takes out the Mechanosaur and the crew goes to hide in the locked room as the robots wait outside, saying it'll be all over when Big Rover gets there. We see a door open from like a van or a truck and a robot HUD zoom in on the mansion on some human life forms and eventually all the way to Sam's face. Um, the robot bursts through the wall and Sam says he quits. robot uh, rover is, is a gray and green monstrosity with a tiny head and both bandoliers all over his body. And he's got a crank like happy face
1: it's true. in his little bit.
0: And on his chest, there's um, some writing that says this machine kills, sort of like uh, Woody Guthrie's guitar that says this machine kills fascism, but just this machine kills. Um... Hoagie won't let Sam escape, um, though, as in the sewer, or, yeah, um, what is it, Yeah, Hoagie won't let Sam just run away, though, and in the, so he has to keep fighting, and in the sewers beneath the city, a robot goes to bring the news. Rover has Costello, but Sam Slade is there, too, and on his robot throne, Robotoski smiles. Excellent. Not Robotnik. Just Robotowski. Listen, we are, of course, in the middle of Sonic Panic, so we're certainly, <laughs> if we're looking for influences, this is definitely one of a, a red and gray situation. Indeed. At the mansion, Sam squeezes Hoagie out the window and tells him to go call the cops as Robotowski arrives on the scene. He, waits for, he, uh, he wants to talk to Costello and explain why he is what he is today. Abbott and Costello started their robot hunter business just after the big robot revolt taken down robos and taken on apprentices like Sam, but eventually work started drying up. It seems the robots had started using the money they got from their slave jobs to build small communities. It seems the robots started using their money to buy a safe haven that they called Silicon Valley, where they could live in peace, but the manufacturers of robots didn't like it. The crew in the past drove in to destroy the settlement, but Abbott realized midway through that they were, you know, genociding these peaceful people and turned against humanity. In a rage, he kills Costello and says he's ashamed to be human. He's just Ro- Dr. Robotowski now. And he drags Abbott's corpse away and tells Rover to kill Sam. Sam's in a tight spot. His only hope is Hoagie, who has now decided to search the sewer for spare coins that might have fallen through instead of getting help. He's a shit robot. You know, Hoagie's got
1: his own hey Literally every robot that Sam sleep has is bad.
0: I think think Stoby's pretty solid. No. He's very enthusiastic. He's enthusiastic. Shits tobacco into your mouth, you know. (laughs) Well, what is he doing, Fox, based on where you keep him? (laughs) Hmm? (laughs) Is he farting it in? Is that what it is? He is farting it in. All right. Well, speaking of scatological weirdness, Fox, things with too many words, let's talk about... Thrill 7, The Clown. Do we have to? Yeah. Script Robot, Igor Goldkind, Art Robot, Robert Bliss, Letter Robot, Annie Parkhouse, Fox. The Clown presents a unique challenge to this crappy podcast. (laughs) As... (laughs) <laughs> I'll mention I'll mention as we're recording this the Netflix Sandman show has recently come out. Very good. Yeah. It's fine. And I'll say that it's been explained to me that the clowns writing style is explicitly it's a um satire of Neil Gaiman's writing style for Sandman. Well, I mean wrong route, folks. It's fine. I but I would say but the problem is that flowery, overwritten narration boxes and phrases are tough for the podcast because I don't want to read this stuff out, Fox. I, let,
1: let, let me, let me, let me, let me uh, kind of uh,
0: detox all of this for you. Well, um, no, I've got it, one written out, so I'll, I'll read that at the end. Okay. But I, I just want to say that it presents a challenge. Other the other Why p-
1: are all of these PIs talking so much? They are PIs. Yeah, their literal job is to not talk. Well, that I think much. I think they're cops. Actually, they're just
0: they're just they are, but but they're cops. not doing on the force stuff. Well, it's you're jumping ahead here because I'm I'm laying down a prologue before we get to the actual story. I guess. Because I was going to say the other part of this pro of the, like the narration and the and the actual writing writing like what's in the narration boxes what's in the word bubbles are a big part of the charm of the clown. The other part of it is this art by Robert Bliss and Greg Staples in the next part that is incredible and over the top and hard for me to put into words. So it's basically just uh, the way that it's set up is ephemeral and dif- difficult for me to catalog in the way this podcast works. I would say check out The Clown, but it's never been collected, so it's a real kick in the fucking teeth. But also, don't check out The Clown. I think there's something to be said for the edifice that this story creates. Anyway, I want to read the opening of this story just so you get a sense of what this writing is like, all right? What has gone before? In the city that is every city, though it appears on no map, There isn't much to laugh about anymore. The wail of sirens and the cries of the damned are a more familiar sound. One such is the clown, a lone entertainer driven to madness by the slaughter of his only friend, Toby, a circus pony. A fugitive from the world, and particularly from Detective Joe Brummer, the clown retreats to an abandoned circus, to Mr. Miracle's House of Smiles. Read on! And here we go. Fox the clown in deep space aliens watch watch the planet earth and more locally detective brummer is in the dumps because the clown escaped at the end of the clown part one his partner dick and tracy the diner waitress are worried about him and not even his favorite blueberry cheesecake can cheer him up as he reads why are we talking about these people because they're from the previous story you know no i get it it's just that's my question He reads the headlines about the clown's actions in Prague 841, that little interlude we saw, as the newspaper talks about lights from space. Meanwhile, the clown is capering around the House of Smiles with the decaying head of Toby the Horse. And as he does so, you can really see his junk, Fox. Oh, yeah. Like, you can can see his meat and two veg quite clearly. Right yeah. there. Oh, yeah, he's presenting it. No, that's, that's the balls and dick. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm saying. Um, anyway, uh, the clown is working out and getting buff in case there's any more attacks. And indeed, those aliens from before arrive. And they, and they beat the shit out of him. And they beat the shit out of him and take Toby's head as a trophy, heading off to conquer the rest of the planet. Meanwhile, in a panel that is very dark and difficult to read, a hand bursts forth from the grave of someone named Johnny Sunflower. Not here yet. The clown comes to in pain. So much pain, he can't even swear revenge yet. Meanwhile, on a train, the aliens show up and start attacking. At the diner, a pile of desserts won't even rouse Brummer when the old man, who I guess is like the captain of the police force or whatever... You gotta get back on the force. Get out there. You're a cop, goddammit. Exactly. Exactly. He tells Brummer to buck up and be a cop again, and he mentions Brummer's father, and that's a sore subject because he's dead. Because he's dead to me, and he's dead to the world. Suddenly a co- it's a bam, and he says, "Don't you talk about
1: my father." But also, ooh, there's all these aliens.
0: Yeah, a cop bursts in. Oh, there's aliens attacking and stuff like that. It's bad times. Um, this seems to rouse Brummer from his depression, but when they tell those aliens to eat lead. They do and like the taste. They're sort of into lead eating. That's very tasty. Oh, geez, Meat lead is quite sweet, actually. Oh, oh, don't eat lead, fox. I mean, no, you know, they say that. Yeah, they do. Don't do it. Um, meanwhile, the clown has finally come to, and once again swears revenge for his lost friend. I'm coming for you, Toby. No, in a, in a full spread eagle, like like look at his thighs, right? Oh here. yeah, no, he's got like he's, he's 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 presenting. Buff. He's buff and is not wearing underpants. The cr- the clown is raging and fills his tiny car full of guns and heads into the city. <laughs> At the diner, the cops theorize that the aliens probably have some kind of innocuous Achilles shin or heel or something that they could use to take him out. Hey, maybe they find human food poisonous, let's throw some cheesecake at them. Now the clown is in the city, drawing a gun on a cop for reasons. Back at the diner, the cheesecake has no effect and Dick has been captured by the aliens who also have Toby's head, and now the clown has arrived there too. Brummer and the rest of the cops are amazed in its alien fighting time as Johnny Sunflower rises from his grave. Next time, Scenes from a Mall. I don't care for it. M-A-U-L, Fox. I don't care for it. Scenes from a Mall. It's fine.
1: Ah, That's not great. Um, I mean, visually, it's fantastic.
0: Very arresting visually. Bliss is a really crazy artist. He does these, like... Every panel, like, you know, how sometimes. Look at a God piece that is literally a dangle. Yeah. You know, how sometimes on Ren and Stimpy or uh, uh, SpongeBob, they'll do the extreme, clo- like the clothes. Wow. On somebody and they're and they're all gross and stuff. Yep. That's like every Robert Bliss panel. That's what he's, that's his default move. He wants you to get very into how physical yes. these people are. A lot of muscles, a lot of junks, all this kind of thing. Doesn't matter. Story's gonna get weirder from here, Fox. Weirder from here? Oh, yes. Don't like it. Well, let's talk about story, other stories that are just getting their start. Just, just their start? Well, we'll be ending soon, too, I'm afraid to say. Shit! But let's kick things off with Thrill 8, Babe Race 2000. Yes! Mm. Scripture about Mark Miller. Art robot, Anthony Williams. Letting robot, Annie Parkhouse. Fox, if our schedule holds, this episode will come out on the same week as the sixth anniversary of our podcast. Six years of Space Spinner Six years of Space Spinner. You can't stop us. You won't stop us. What better way to celebrate that than to cover the comic I stole our name from? <laughs> Babe Race 2000, Space Spinner 2000. Conrad... <laughs> I, will, I love this story. It's pretty... It's... Like, I will say, I've only read this first one, Fox. I've only read this but first I one. But I think I've... I, I've used I may be in love. I've used it as a joke so often that I'm now a little nervous to say that I think I might like Babe Race. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. A woman puts on lipstick in a leather leotard and she also puts on her spike high heel boots. Um... As a butler, who's a buff dude in a G-string, shows up and offers her a choice of weapons. And also is told to strip bare yeah. just so she can do a chuckle. She's got short hair and, a ba- and, and is a badass and tells him to strip off because I could use a few laughs. you laugh at his dick. We also see her ass as a bunch of women in sweet cars and other vehicles gather in front of Big Ben in London to start... The race, London to Sydney in 24 hours—a race where anything goes and good looks are essential. Some call it madness. Some, some call, call it suicide. Babe Race 2000. God Sorry. damn it, Fox! Some call it madness. Some call it suicide. And others call it. Babe race two thousand. Babe race two thousand. I wanted you to say it. I just wanted to say my some called suicide line first, buddy. Come no, on. No, no. I me wanted seconds. to. I wanted to. I wanted to do it and differentiate. <laughs> At sorry. a pub, a lady called Alex goes to talk to that woman from the start. Um, babe racing. Babe racing. Hero Joy Hog with two G's. She can't believe she's talking to Joy, and neither can Joy, who calls her butt breath and walks off. I mean, if you've got butt breath, I feel like, yeah. Leave, please. <laughs> yeah. Outside, some no-fun fat ladies are picketing the babe race. Oh, it's a disgrace to female dignity and liberation. And the fat woman's movement is going to shut it down. So I feel weird about this because it's like, hey, body positivity, right? Yes. No, this is fourth wave feminism striking a blow against second wave feminism in this, in this comic. Now listen, what
1: I'll say is these women, very, very fit... Too fit. It's almost uncomfortably fit how fit they are. Listen, ask someone. Mommy, who, step on me. Thank you
0: very much. As someone in 1994 who's reading superhero comics. They are a normal amount of fit to be in a comic book. Fair. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, Hogg sits astride her motorcycle as a lady with white hair and a cigar says that it's going to be her last race. She's going down. An announcer starts us off. We want a nice, dirty race. Get out there and gun them. The race starts into the teeth of a human chain from the feminists who are quickly crushed <laughs> by phallic aggression. <laughs> We're just going to run over you. The Babe Race tears through London. Fire and flames everywhere heading for the white cliffs of Dover let's trash let's trash France girls that's what I'm talking
1: about sorry Careful, but the are I like Mike
0: let's trash France ladies it's good times Alex is riding beside joy and having the time of her life clearly next time on Baybridges 2000 no mercy I mean yeah because they're gonna destroy France. <laughs> And with that, Fox, at last, we've reached the end of our thrills for this episode. And I must know, what are your top and bottom thrills, buddy? From me? That's right. Talk, or there's going to be fight, or there's going to be conflict. Top, I've got
1: to put it to dread. Mm-hmm. Fantastic showing. Again, it's it's about consistency, right? Like, I don't know all of the pieces that are being played right now, let's say... Uh, however, I find it to be one of the most compelling parts of what we read. Am I excited for for Babe Race? Yes, very excited for Babe Race. Babe Race a lot, but my top spot it goes to Dread. Nice. The reason it doesn't go to much like Tyranny Rex to eh? Tyranny Rex is it's weird and confusing, and I don't know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Or where it ended up, I guess. But it's but that's also a a huge plus in its favor, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about bottom. Yeah, what do you got? What's your bots? It's Robo Hunter. Oh, don't care for yeah. it. I and I would say Dinosity because it went through most of it. But Robo Hunter showed up. I don't want to see Robo Hunter anymore. Real dumb with it. I don't like Robo Hunter, Conrad. That's fair. And here's the thing. Do kind of like Rogue Trooper.
0: Mmm. It could be interesting. Well, we're going to see a lot more of it, so hold on to your butt. So, Conrad.
1: Top and bottom thrills, booby.
0: Top and bottom thrills.
1: It's not hard. I feel like the top and the bottom are both very easy. I'd say
0: most of the thrills that I liked this week were very, weren't were in the Prague for very long. I liked Charity Rex. <laughs> that, was, that was only one issue. I liked um, I liked Babe Race somehow and Babe
1: Race good
0: and that was only one issue. I was okay with Robo Hunter or with a Rogue Trooper, I should say, and that was only one. So uh, a lot of these, a lot of the stuff that I was down with, was stuff that I'm hearing a lot of what you uh, are okay with, but not what you love. Really available. So What's I that think top? by product of elimination, I'm going to have to say Dread goes in my top. Just because I like this assassination story. Yeah it was good. And I like that it sort of builds these tensions between Magruder and Dread, which I'm interesting to see where they go. And you know even if the whole China stuff doesn't go full way, I do kind of like just this sort of larger machinations. Oh, yeah. So what's that bottom? For bottom says there's so many
1: easy choices.
0: I mean, I didn't like the clown very much either. It's bad, but I—I I don't know why it's there, but I ignored it. You know, and I'm pretty down on Robo Hunter. I think, although I like Simon Jacobs' art, I guess that is good. Yeah. Um, I think in the end, I'm gonna say the Grudge Father Fox. I didn't like the Grudge Father very much, and do you know the question I have for you? What's the Grudge Father? Yeah, maybe, Who's the Grudge Father? Maybe I've just got lasting annoyance from you asking me these questions. And it's
1: it's like, not an unfair question.
0: Negatively affecting my feelings. It's not unfair for me to but ask who is the Grudge yeah, Father. No, all it's really doing is just laying bare my problems <laughs> with the story. It's, a, it's, it's revealing that, you know. So I'll say Grudge Father's my brother. Don't care for it. Plus, I know we're going to have more Grudge Father, and I'm pretty sure this is the... What?! yeah no i said we would we'll get a 95 and i believe this is the uh, this robo hunter story we're reading is the end of mark miller's run on robo hunter finally and i'm more okay with the peter hogan stuff than you are I'm, i'm more interested to see more of that coming this sort of more comedic classic style robo hunter i'm ready to go with that
1: i'm all right with robo hunter right now it's fine it is it is exactly fine
0: yeah, Good enough. And I hope you thought this podcast was fine. As <laughs> always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site at SpaceSpinner2000.com. You can contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or Facebook or Twitter pages. Twitter Space Spinner 2 k And hey... Leave, leave us a rating or a review. Leave
1: us a rating.
0: Say, say we're good wherever it is you're listening to I mean, to it'd us. be nice at the very least. Uh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, help us out. And this show is brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardingham, and your friends the 2080 Forums. So if you'd like to join them and help support the show, go to Space Spinner 2000. Oh, fuck me. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash That's our podcast network. There you can support the show and get advanced episodes. Come back next time, where we're going to take a quick break from Prague to talk about the nineteen ninety four sci fi special. Oh, that sucks! There's, I'm sorry for everyone. It's 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 okay. When well, I think our, our discussion is really fun with it. Well, discussion—that's uh, the good part. Dread Friday, Brigand Doom, Robo Hunter—a mixed what? bag as always. But I think it's pretty fun.
1: My poor Brigand Doom's Ugh. here.
0: Yeah, he's in all these specials. And then after that, we'll be back as we roll forward with the Babe Race. Robo Hunter, the clown, uh, Dreadlehead, into the cursed earth and underwater to the flooded jails of Mega City One in the aftermath of Inferno. I love a Dreadlehead. Also, it's time for De Youth as both Luke Kirby and Bradley return. Why?! Why <laughs> on so many reasons? Because Bradley's fun. And until then... That's not... No, it's not true, but it's what we tell ourselves. Okay. I'm Conradys Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. No! Splendid three! Also Splendid for No! I love baby!